Hi, I'm Josh Van Burkle. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. So we are doing a series at the moment on prayer, and a big part of that is recognizing the voice of God, being able to tell when Holy Spirit is speaking. Probably one of the biggest questions that I've ever been asked on repeat um, is, are you always that weird? And then the, the following one is, that people ask me in churches, is how do I know if it's God's voice or just my imagination? Have you ever asked yourself that? How do I know if it's, like, oh, by the end of this series, we should have a pretty good idea of being, is that my voice? Um, is that God's voice? Is that my wife's voice? Is that TV's voice? Is that the devil's voice? And you, you'll start to be able to pick up and go, oh, okay, that's that, that's that, that's that. And then you start to be able to tune in. And then you can have spiritual selective hearing, which becomes really fun. Because then you can start to tune out some of the negative voices. And then your internal thinking starts to get a whole lot healthier. Because you're starting to hear the voice of the Lord a whole lot more. And the voice of the world a whole lot less. So I want to encourage you, um, as we go through this series, make yourself vulnerable to the Holy Spirit because you can actually trust Him in this process. And sometimes you go, well, I don't know if this is God's voice or my imagination. And you can be totally confused. The good news is, is that God knows. You know, He knows and He's with us. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Bible says He's a comforter. He's also our teacher. And you can trust yourself in the Holy Spirit's presence over this journey of discovering what his voice sounds like, because he's going to teach you and lead you along the way. Uh, one of the things that I like about God is he's often described as, you know, the king of angel armies, you know, God Almighty. Uh, I had a, a wee revelation a few years ago, and I had a wee picture of God. It wasn't that profound, but it was God as a janitor, uh, which doesn't sound that spectacular, but I felt like God was saying to me at the time, you don't need to stress as much, Jared, because I'm so good at cleaning up your mistakes after you. I fix up most of them before you've even realized they happen. Like you make a lot of mistakes and I don't tell you about most of them. I just go along tidying up the mess that you make as you're trying to work this thing out. So you can, uh, as you're in this series, you can just go, oh, if you're someone that has struggled or you've had a real tension in prayer and going, you know, is this me, is it God? If you take nothing away from today, the one thing I want you to know is that you can relax in this process knowing that the Holy Spirit, who is a faithful teacher, and Jesus said about himself, he's faithful to bring to completion the work that he's begun in you. As he begins to teach you, you have got the greatest teacher the universe has ever known. So it doesn't really matter how good you are as a student, he's more than enough to make up for our lack. Okay, I want to open up... Uh, with one Samuel, which I, I heard the podcast last week and Josh preached from it. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good job. Pretty good job, big brother. Um, and, but you can never fit everything into one sermon block. And so I just want to draw out a couple other elements as well as I just build on what Josh was saying. Um, so if you weren't here last week, be like Jared, listen to the podcast, okay? It's 47 minutes. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So just, you know, for every interjection that you make today, Joshua, I get another five minutes. Okay. 
So one of the things that I love is we're looking at hearing the voice of God. I love the faithfulness of God because I love the story here in Samuel where Hannah, who is barren, hasn't had a child. Listen to the podcast if you want the full background because I don't, I don't want to do the same message. But she is pouring herself out to God. And then she leaves. She's had a conversation with the priest, and, but she hasn't actually heard anything from God. She hasn't heard a single thing Yet God has heard her prayer. And while we are looking into learning to hear the voice of God, if you're struggling in any of that, I want us to be really encouraged. Even though sometimes we find it hard to hear what he's saying back, he always hears what we have to say. And so you have, you have Hannah pouring herself out, having this big monologue to God, doesn't hear anything back at all. And no doubt God was probably talking but she doesn't hear anything back, goes away. And regardless of the fact that in that moment, it, it was a one-sided conversation, God heard her prayer and answered. So I say that, I believe that prayer is incredibly powerful when it's a two-way conversation. But prayer on its own, even as a one-way monologue, is incredibly powerful. So don't ever feel discouraged if you feel like, man, I don't know if my prayer life is working. Well, it's not really that dependent on you. And so just be encouraged that God is hearing what you are saying. Hannah hears nothing, gives birth to a son who ends up becoming a prophet whose bread and butter is hearing the voice of God. How awesome is that? I love actually, I'm going to read a little bit more into Samuel's life. It says, um, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Bathsheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. There's this incredible thing with prayer as we grow in our relationship with God. God reveals his nature to us in conversation. And so first thing we're learning this morning is the Holy Spirit is an incredible good teacher. And he is going to be with you on the journey. The second thing that we're just skipping through really quickly, even as you might find it sometimes it's a one-way conversation, that doesn't make the one you're praying to any less powerful in the conversation. He's just as powerful. Whether you hear what he's saying back or not, he is just as powerful. The reason why we um, want to sometimes hear what he's saying back is often we can miss out on a strategy because we go, God, I, I, I need you to speak. I, I need breakthrough in this area. God, I just need breakthrough. I need breakthrough. I need breakthrough. I need this healed. I need this done. Cool. Awesome. And then you're off with your day and God's like, oh, I was about to give you the keys. Wow. I was about to tell you how we were going to fix that problem because I want to co-labor with you. I was about to impart to you the wisdom that you needed and, and the vision and the strategy, but you were so quickly distracted giving me your shopping list and moving along. And so we have these tensions. Our prayer is always powerful because we're praying to a powerful God. And we have moments like we have with Hannah where God heard her prayer and answered. But then we can also have times where we're praying. The Bible's filled with truths and tension, okay? So I'm just giving you both sides this morning. We, and we have these moments where we pray and God goes, man, I, I was speaking the revelation that you needed right here where we were, but you'd already left the room. Spiritually, you'd already checked out. Mentally, you'd detached from the moment. 
And so when we pray, the, I believe the most powerful part of prayer is when we're silent. The most powerful moment of prayer is, is when we are listening. And so I just want to teach a little bit um, around sort of my process, which by no means is um, the greatest way to do something at all. I just only know what it is that I know. Um, and I, I enjoy the relationship that I have with God because it's an ever-growing relationship. It's an ever-challenging relationship. It's, I've, I've found that over the last few years that the closer I get to God, it's almost like the less uh, polite he needs to be with me. You know? And, and it's not that I feel any less love. It's that there's enough trust there that we don't have to beat around the bush nearly as much. I, I, I know a lot more of how loved I am by him that he doesn't need to constantly affirm me. A wee while ago, I was chatting with God about something and he'd given me a dream. Um, and from time to time, I'll have a dream and I'll have God's audible voice in it. And people are like, man, that's so amazing. You must be so spiritual. And I was like, no, it's probably that he's told me 20 times in, in my prayer life and I haven't heard. He's like, well, angels, we'll just knock him out. And, when he, and that way he can't go anywhere, okay? And while he's lying there semi-unconscious, I'll just speak with a thunderous voice in his dream and he'll wake up with his heart pounding in his chest. Finally, took you long enough, Okay. And so God had given me some direction and I was going along doing things and it was about six months down the track and I hadn't had another word of encouragement and I was starting to feel pretty intimidated. I felt like I'd stepped out and when I stepped out, I felt like God was like, let's do this. And over time, I felt like I was there and I was like, Holy Spirit, where did you go? And I was like, God, I need you to give me another word. And all I felt that he said back to me was, why do you think I changed my mind on the last one? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And so sometimes God will speak to me and then it will be profound and we'll have nice day-to-day conversations, but the life-changing type words, I won't get another one until I finish the last thing that he said. So... If you're going about your journey trying to discover the voice of God and maybe you've heard him once you know, before or twice before, a great thing you can always go to is what was the last thing that he said to me? And then sit with that. Does this still carry a sense of peace on it? Does this still carry a sense of, of the life of God on it? Have I actually completed the last thing that he gave me to do? Have I, have I brought to a conclusion and finished maturing and what was there to be gained in our last conversation. Okay, so this is how I like to pray if I'm doing it properly. The reality is most of my prayer life goes like this, wine, wine, wine. I'm just being honest. I do a lot of whining with God. Okay, wine, wine, wine. Oh, this feels so lame. I'm gonna do a bit of praise now because I'm just feeling pathetic and I don't like this feeling of being like, ugh. Um, so, you know that Magoo feeling that you get sometimes? You feel like, it's like, ah, oh, I just feel icky. I feel really, I've become introspective. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling highly aware of the potential thoughts of everybody around me, you know? And, and my head starts to get a little bit like that, okay? So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna praise now. I'm just gonna out loud 
worship. And I'll talk to people and I say, you should go do some worship. And they'll say this to me. It's one of the most common things I get back from people. Yeah, well, I put worship music on every day when I'm driving. And I go, well, that's great. We, were you worshiping? It was just playing nicely in the background. And I'm like, okay, well, here's, here's the fun fact. Worship is not a spectator sport. You know, it, it's, it's us pouring our soul out before God. And, and God inhabits the praises of his people. He doesn't inhabit the CD player. You know, he doesn't inhabit Spotify. It's not like you're going, I'm just going to put on some nice music while I go about my day and I'm washing my dishes and God's like, oh, it's my favorite song. This is, mm. That key change. Hallelujah to myself. I'm going to flood this house with my glory. It's a Holy Spirit solo. It's not going to, doesn't really happen, you know? But when you begin to throw yourself out into praise and worship and you begin to participate, what it does is it begins to shift the atmosphere around you. So let's just say, because um, we live in a physical world. So we live in this dimension here, okay? And then we have got the spirit realm, okay? And what can happen is that sometimes there can be an element of chaos in the spirit realm around us. Sometimes through our own confessions and our own negativity, we can almost put like this fog around ourselves. God hasn't moved at all. We have just begun to bring a fog around. But then when we begin to praise and worship, the authority from our spoken word begins to displace that atmosphere. And as we begin to declare the name that is above all other names, and we begin to come into alignment, our spirit comes into alignment with the Spirit of God. And then we can hear Him. See, when I am whining, it is very, very difficult for me to hear God because I speak victim when I whine. And God only speaks victory. So He's busy talking victory, 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 and because I've been confessing victim, 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 he's talking a language that I can't even perceive. I've tuned my ear in to the total wrong frequency. But then when I praise and worship, I begin to declare victory, victory, victory. And it's like it's just retuning my brain to be able to perceive the language of heaven. And then as I've done that for long enough, I can then bring a question to God. And I can say, Father, I'm struggling with this. Tell me how you see this situation. At the moment, I feel like I'm down here in the middle of it, but your word says that I'm seated in heavenly places. So I'm gonna worship for long enough until my spirit begins to realize and my soul begins to get the sense that actually I'm up here seated in heavenly places and now I have God's perspective on this problem. And now that I'm seeing from God's viewpoint, Telephone. Uh, now that I'm seeing from God's viewpoint, it will make sense to me what he's saying. Does that make sense? Okay, so when you go to have a conversation with God, what, what is really helpful is to then, is basically what I'm saying is get yourself set up to succeed. Okay? Get rid of distraction and make sure that your soul your internal self, your mind, your will, your emotions is speaking heaven's language. 
you need to be able to transition from the muck that is around you into the reality of grace that God has got for you. And I don't know of a way that is faster to do that than praise and worship. If I, I'm all about efficiency because generally, for most Christians, we're having a conversation with God because we're in some form of trouble, you know, or we have some form of need. You know, there's a maturity that comes around your relationship with God where you're talking with Him and you're asking Him about His day. 99% of the time, we're not there. Once God said to me, you know what, Jared, it's kind of boring talking with you because you only ever want to talk about yourself. I was driving when he said that. And he said, you know what, if we just talked about me more often, a whole lot of your problems would be solved by default. But we're always just talking about Jared and Jared's problems. Why don't we talk about Jesus and what Jesus has got going on? If you would just put your focus on that and we could just talk around that, your, your problems will begin to evaporate. So we put ourselves in that position where we can succeed. And then after we've prayed, we listen. Because it's in the listening where we hear God speak. And this is what I love about the voice of God. And Josh was reading from Genesis chapter one this morning. God spoke and said, let there be light. Do you know that the voice of God... It was first expression was creation, not communication. So when we, when we sit and we listen and God says to us, I, I release healing, he's not communicating something that he's going to do. He's communicating something that is taking place right now. When God looked at creation and said, let there be light, he wasn't saying, let there be light. And now the angels are going to go figure out some strategy and they're going to build a sun and stuff like that. Sun even came later after that, go figure. When he says he's doing something, that means he's spoken it out and it's actually taking place right then. So it's so important that we listen because when we hear his voice, we then have something for our faith to anchor to. We've heard a spoken word of God. And now I'm choosing to align myself with this. So we get ourselves free from distraction. Then we give God our full declaration of praise and worship. We're in a nice space. We praise, we worship, and we pour ourselves out. You might do this better running. You might do this sitting. You might do this up a mountain. You might need to go for a drive to be in a car by yourself. But you just pour yourself out. And then you pray. You could do this writing down. You could do it speaking. You could do it in rhymes and lyrics if you feel so graced. And then you listen and you wait for his reply. Writing down as you're learning what you think God might be saying it's a great start. Just write it down. Just write, 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 write. You don't even have to judge while you're writing. Is this God or my imagination? You get to look back at it later on, which is a great thing. You're not committing to do anything when you're writing it down. You're just writing it all down. And as you're learning, it could be really great to take it to someone that you've got an element of respect or trust for with your own walk with God and sit down with them and say, hey, do you think this sounds like God? Does this match up with the Word of God? Does, this, does the character of God that's being revealed to me here line up with what the Bible says about Him? What He's asking me to do, does, does this match up? So that can be a great way to get started. And 
And this is my favorite thing to do, okay? People go, well, how do you know? Really, how do you know if it's your voice or God's imagination? I mean, same thing, you know what I mean. Well, I'm just like, well, just step out and see what happens. Just give it a go. Give it a go. Sometimes it's not always an action-based thing, but if it is, give it a go. And, and people, I often have this conversation. I had it with somebody last week. They said, well, it must be nice for you, Jared, because you just, when God talks to you, you just know that you know that you know. No, you're just like 100%. And I remember when we resigned from being on staff at our last church, who I just loved people there so dearly, and so many people came up to me because, man, you're making a pretty life-changing decision. You're resigning from your job. You're doing this. Your wife's resigning. You just must, you know, it's good when you just know that you know that you know. And I said, oh, nah. <laughs> I'm about 70% sure God spoke to me. And I'm like, oh, that's disconcerting. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I've, I've made an agreement with God pretty much and with myself that I will make a life-changing decision based on 70% sure. And it took me a long time to get to that space because this is how I used to live out. Let's bring my timer back up to see how I'm going for time. This is how I used to live uh, a large part of the way that I led in ministry, the way that I led life, the way that I would take finance risks. Because most of the time when God asks me to step out, it's got a significant finance risk attached to it. And I remember one day lying in bed, stressing out to the max that I've got to make sure that I've totally got this right. You know, have I really heard you, God? Am I really certain? Is it tick this box? Does it tick this box? Does it tick this box? Does it tick this box? I'm going through. And Rowena says to me, she's lying next to me, probably wanting to go to sleep or watch a fun TV show or something other than this repetitive conversation. And she goes, why, why are you so stressed about this? And I said, wow, because this is a big risk. I don't even remember what it is now, but at the time it felt huge. This is a big risk. If I get this wrong, I could be stepping out of God's favor. And if I step out of God's favor, then I step out of provision, and then we won't be able to make our mortgage repayments, and this whole thing will fall over. And she just said, well, you know, paraphrasing here, that's the ridiculous thing, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Do you not think that God sees your heart? Do you not think that God sees the, the wrestle of, of, of so wanting to step out in faith to please Him? You know, to, to, to do what it is that God has called you to do. It's not that relevant whether you've heard right or not. God's favor is on you because of the integrity of your heart to do what it is that you think that he's asking to. If it is wrong and you've heard wrong, it's like, I bet God will pour his favor out on you regardless. Now, so for me, I say if I'm 70% sure, I'll make a life-changing decision. I'm not telling anybody else to live life that way. Okay, there's a great thing to have checks and balances, to have other people that you process big decisions with and to pray with and everything like that. Uh, I just, like, I love that and I do do that. But I also don't see a huge amount of that in the Bible. 
I don't see David walking up on the hill looking at Goliath and going, you know what, I think I can take that guy. I'm just going to go to my five different prayer partners. We're all going to pray about it. You just hold for, I'll be back in two weeks once I've done my proper process. He just hears the word of the Lord within him. It just ignites. I'll just kill you. Let's go. You know? And so I'm not telling anybody, hey, do it totally like this. But what I want to say is, that my confidence to make decisions, a huge amount of it now has pivoted from my ability to hear God clearly to my confidence in just who He is alone. The fact that He is faithful, the Bible says, even when we are not faithful. That He is our teacher. That he is, his, his love for us is limitless. So my confidence to hear God's voice and make decisions is no longer based on my ability to hear him, but my trust in his character. You know, what's that saying, Josh? The, the one thing we think about God is the most important thing about us. You can't ever escape the character and nature of God. When your trust or your confidence is your ability to hear God's voice, you're always going to have an element of fear as you try to hear what God is saying. It's so counterproductive because the moment that you have an element of fear in there, you have an external voice bringing chaos into the conversation. When you can be in that realization that, you know what, I've got an incredibly good father. Like, I have got the best dad in the universe. He chose me. I, I didn't choose him. And when you just think about that for a moment, he chose you. you. You didn't choose him. And so you have this huge investment of love into your life. And then he laid his life down for you so that you could live in relationship with him. And you begin to place your confidence in that character, going, you know what, I, I want to, I'm going to learn to listen to your voice. I'm going to learn to perceive and interpret what you're saying. And I'm going to step out, not with my confidence, the fact that I've totally got this right, but my confidence is in that the footsteps for the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The word says that you go before me and, and, and you raise up valleys and you level down mountains that you make crooked paths straight. My confidence is in you. So as we're looking in this series, first thing I want us to know this morning is that even if you're not hearing God speak back, He's hearing you. And that's incredibly powerful. Hannah had that and changed the course of a nation. One prayer. She didn't even hear the strategy or the revelation back. Changed the course of a nation. I love it, and it says in Samuel, that says, I read out this morning, God didn't let a single one of his words fall to the ground. He was attested as a prophet. God said, I don't let a single word of, that he said fall to the ground. It kind of, I don't know if it's, if it's implying this. I've always thought it kind of implies that, you know what? He was accurate most of the time. And when the times that he wasn't, I just had to alter my plans to make it work. I just had to 
be that janitor running around behind Samuel, cleaning up his mess, and nobody even knew he was getting it wrong some of the time. We, when we go to hear his voice, we, we position ourselves in the right atmosphere, in the right space. Abel, you want to jump up, or Kira, or somebody, anybody, Rowena, you just jump up and do we dance. <laughs> you know, we position ourselves in the right, in the right stance. To hear the king of victory speak, we need to move ourselves from victor, victim to victor. And the easiest way to do that is with praise and worship that comes from your soul. Where it is actually costing you something and there is something of yourself that you're pouring out. And then you ask him and then you sit and you listen to his replies with the confidence that it's not your ability to perceive him accurately that counts, but the character of the one that you're trying to listen to that matters. And so this is, this is I'm going to get the guys, you're just, just going to play quietly, okay, for, for a wee bit. Oh, whisper, whisper, whisper. Oh, what did you have for breakfast? Well, as the band just plays quietly, what I'd like us to do is I want you to ask God two questions, okay? Actually, just strip it down. We're going to ask one question and we're going to take five minutes for you to just to sit and listen and begin to write down anything that flows. And the question is this. So you can write this question down now. Is there anything I need to surrender to you this morning? And I heard the podcast last week, and I know there was an element of this last week, and I wasn't planning on doing this until I got here this morning. But one of the biggest challenges for me of being, is this my imagination or is this God's voice? is any area of my life that I'm needing God to speak to that I haven't fully surrendered because I have an argument in the conversation. And this is just continual for me. I had a conversation with God recently about a film project and He kept telling me to aim bigger. So I kept aiming bigger and kept saying aim bigger, aim bigger. And I didn't want to aim bigger because every time I aimed bigger, the likelihood of success continued to decrease and the likelihood of public failure began to increase. And it was getting harder and harder to hear what he was saying. And I sat in my office and I said, God, it's so hard to hear you clearly right now. And then clear as a bell, he just spoke back and said, it would be a lot easier if you stopped disagreeing with everything I had to say. And I had to surrender it again. Surrender my pride. Surrender my own agenda. Surrender my plans. And so sometimes we have these things like, God, oh, I want to ask you a question, but I so know what it is. And I want you to say, please say this. Please lead me in this direction. And it can actually be a real wrestle that we need to go through first of laying our own agenda down till we get to that place where we go, God, I'm just... In this area, I'm fully surrendered. 
whatever it is that you ask me to do, no matter what it costs me, I will pick it up and I will run with it. It's been five minutes just now. Is there any area, Lord, right now in my life you're calling me to surrender, to lay down fresh at your feet today? And then over the course of this week, you just go through that process of laying it down. So I'll stop talking now. Now five minutes starts now. I'm probably about 60% sure that it was God. Uh, because it's not a life-changing decision for me, I've got smaller ratios that I can step out into. It's amazing what you can do. It's like only 5%. It's like, oh, that's fully experiment. Um, so 60% sure as I sat down, I felt like God was saying, there are people here that just to stand right now for Ken. Um, if you're still writing notes, feel free to keep sitting. People here who have a fear in their heart of failure and rejection with God. And I felt God this morning was saying that I want to, He wants to heal people's hearts who have a fear of failure and rejection and they're scared of letting God down. They're scared of disappointing Him. And He's wanting to release. He's wanting to release His acceptance this morning over you that you would know in your heart of hearts. I love this. The Bible says that Jesus, God sent Christ to die for us even when we were at war against Him. What more would He do for us now that we are saved by Him? And the sense that He is so invested in you. I don't know if that resonates. I haven't articulated that quite as clearly as I could have. But if you have, we're just going to worship this morning. And if you just want prayer this morning for just healing around that fear of failure, fear of disappointing Father God, of being rejected, of not being good enough, of just getting it wrong, He wants to heal that so that that fear is no longer there pulling you down and accusing you because there's only one accuser and it's not Him. Awesome. So we're just going to worship. If you need prayer this morning, please come forward. I'd love to pray with you. Awesome.